So what we're doing in this series is we're, we're, we're taking the things that we believe about ourselves, the wrong thinking, and we're leaving them before God and at the altar before God as a sacrifice to God and saying, listen, God, I've believed for years this about myself, or I've acted for years in this manner. Now, this is because of defensive mechanisms, or this is what you know I've been trained to believe. Now I'm going to leave them down at your altar, and I want to take up what you say about me. And I want to walk in the fullness of what you say about me, what you, what you think about me, rather than what I think or what other people have said about me in the past. So that's why we call it our alter ego, laying down what we think about ourselves as a sacrifice before God and picking up what God says about us. Amen? I would much rather live my life believing what God believed about me rather than what somebody else believed about me. Amen? I would much rather lead my life in a way that honors God rather than something that makes me feel better about myself. Amen? Last week we talked about laying down our feelings of inadequacy. Now, of course, nobody here in church has ever felt inadequate in any way, but, you know, this is for the tape. Anybody who has ever felt inadequate about themselves, we learned last week about what God thinks about ourselves. Amen? And I would much rather be the person that God thought I was and think, thinks I was and says I am than the person who I think I should be or who I've been led to believe that I should be. We talked also last week about you know, how it's not as much about me as I think it is. It's all about God, amen? God is the one who sets the course for our life, not me. So we're, we're endeavoring to try and find out what God says about us, and this is the whole idea behind this series. Today is a big one, very serious one. Stick with me. Amen. Amen. Don't abandon me halfway through this one and say, no, this is not for me. We're going to talk today about laying down control. You could hear a pin drop. Because we all love being in control, don't we? Yeah, we do. We all love being in control. And not just in some areas of our lives, but most of us, if we're honest, we love being in control in all areas of our lives. We love being the master of our own destiny. Amen? We love being the one that steers our own ships. Mm-hmm. Amen? Me included. We all love being in control. And I know that there's some of you sitting there today that are thinking that, you know what, uh, I have the biggest controller in the world sitting beside me. And it's everything that you can do is to stop yourselves from raising their hands saying, you've pe- preached to him, preached to him, or her. But praise God, this is for us all. Amen? Me included. Isn't it funny how some people are such controllers in some areas of their lives, but in other areas of their lives really have a hands-off attitude? Like in work. You could be in work, you could be the biggest controller ever, controlling everything and everyone around you, because everything has to be done your way. And if it's not done your way, it's not right. And you don't have to say amen to me this morning, that's fine. I know who you are, and you know who you are. Amen. But you could be like that in work. Everything has to be done your way. You find yourself in work, actually do more work than you need to do because you don't trust those people around you. But even though in work you can be the biggest controller of all time, then you could go back to your own home and you could redo nothing. You could have given up all control in your own home. It's amazing how some people control every cent that they have. They really control their finances so well and so hard, but yet... They allow their kids to do whatever they do. Whatever. But I control my finances really tough. It's amazing to me how some people with their cars, some people love their cars. 
I think sometimes they love their cars even more than they love themselves. And they shine their cars, they polish their cars, they take care of always a beautiful smell in their cars. But yet when you go into their home, their home's falling down. But it's just that they are so strong in control in some areas in their lives and in other areas of their lives, they're just so lax. They're just so hands-off. They don't really care. When it comes to our home, I'm probably, I have to put my hand up. Thank God Angela's not here this morning. But, but praise God for me, I do like to be in control of everything that goes on. I am a controller. Mm -hmm. I am a controller. I do love being in control. But in some areas, I, I yield that control. Like when it comes to housework and stuff like that. We won't get into that today. Praise God. I like to be in control. Most men do. Most men do. And the one thing that most men, I think we have in common, the greatest thing that we love to be in control of is actually called a control. It's called a remote control. That's mine. That's mine. I love to be in control of the remote control because every man knows. It's not about what you're watching. It's more about what you're missing. Amen. I believe most men have been gifted to the point of where they can watch more than one program at once and still keep up with it. Because we've got to a place there now where we know exactly when the ad comes on, if we flick over, that we can catch another little bit of that show. And if we flick over for its end, we can. And we, we have it down to a fine art. I believe it's a God given gift <laughs> that men have. That we're great when it comes to being in control of the control. Amen. We won't get into that. <laughs> Praise God. You know, it's, it's amazing to see how we can get so affected about some areas in our lives and, and in other areas of our lives we really don't care about at all. We just let it go. But I believe that there's two main categories that most people who love to control love to control in. And that is people, other people, and circumstances. With people, we love to control people around us because... We see what people around us do and we always think that, you know, I could do it better. Or I could tell them how to do it better. And we get to this place where we want to control everything that other people do because, you know what, I'll tell you or I'll show you how you can do it better. We all know the saying, God loves people and has an amazing plan for their lives. But people who love to control other people have the same saying, God loves people and I have a great plan for your life. And we all know people like that too, don't we? Uh-huh. You see, we want people to get to a place where they can see what we see so that they'll do what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. So to get them to that place, what we'll do is we'll manipulate, we'll bribe, we'll reward, or we will withhold rewards in order to get that person whom we want to control to a place where we can control them. Amen. Because we really know what's best for our lives, don't we? Mm -hmm. So many times in our homes, a person in their home will rule the home with an iron fist. They'll rule the home, they'll rule their wives, they'll rule their husbands, they'll rule their kids, they'll rule everything going on in their home with an iron fist because they, on only them, know the best direction for the house. And what they'll do is they will create a dictatorship in the home. That if it's not done my way, then I'm not happy. 
And I don't know what causes people to go that way, whether it's, it's past hurts, whether it's feelings of insecurity, like we talked about last week, or some other reason. But so many people love to rule the home with an iron fist. They love to have the, the wife or the husband underneath them, will always do what they want them to do. The kids always do what they want them to do. And that's not God's way, church. Amen. That's not God's way. Amen. We want to do, we want to endeavor to find out what God says about this area. What God says about us in this area. I know a person years ago who came to me and said to me, I just want to know where I am in control. I just want to know where I can call the shots and no one can come to me afterwards and, and question my decision or, or say, you know, I don't think you should have done it that way. I want to know where I can call the shots and no one will be able to question me. I thought, wow, if I ever have my way, you'll never get to a place of control. Because when you get to a place of control like that, that's when you do set up a dictatorship. That's why we see countries like China and Russia today and, and North Korea with their dictators. That's why some homes around are like that with dictators set up where it's no longer God setting the, the direction for the home, but it's the dictator in the home setting the direction for the home. Amen? That's not right. That's control. That's dictatorship. It has to be my way or the highway. It's nothing to do with, with what God says. I have to set the direction and the goal for this house. You see, we can allow our ego to take over. And we can, by allowing our ego, we can, we can push God out. Amen. How many of us have pushed God out? of our families, out of our relationships, out of our finances. How many of us have pushed God out of control and taken over control ourselves? Because we thought that we could do it better. In actual fact, in a lot of cases, we've taken God's position in a lot of areas in our lives, in our families, our relationships, in different places. Proverbs chapter 3 says in verse Five, it says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. But someone who is overflowing in control will, will manipulate that scripture to say it this way, Trust in the Lord with some of your heart and lean on your own understanding. And in some of your ways acknowledge Him and you will make your paths straight. You see, controller gets to a place where he thinks that if I don't do it, it won't be done right. Anybody ever experienced that? No. Amen. Because we're not like that. See, the more you try to control things, the more you fear losing control of it. The more you try to keep control then. See, the more you try to control a thing, the more you fear that I'm going to lose control. It's slipping out of my hands. And then that brings a greater fear and a greater tension there to try and keep control of something. And I know what you're thinking. I wish Blank was here today to hear this because Blank really needs to hear this today. And I'm going to see if I can find out and get the CD for this. Or I'm going to direct them to this message online because Blank really needs to hear this today. But I think we all need to hear this. Amen. Amen. But here's the problem. It's very difficult and nearly impossible to see control in the mirror. It's very difficult, nearly impossible to see control in the mirror because we always believe that we know best. 
if you're in control, if you are a person who likes to be in control of everything and, and, and everyone around you, then it's hard for you to see that you are trying to keep control. You see, and what control will do, it'll push people out of your life. You see, people who operate in a high level of control, be it in their families or whatever area, other area in their life, especially in their families, if they operate in a high level of control within their families, they push their families away. And they push other people away. Amen? Are we pushing God away from us? Are we pushing God away from us? Because we want to control everything? Because we want to control everything that goes on in our lives? Are we pushing God out of our lives? Probably one of the greatest examples in the Word of God of control gone bad is the story of Abraham and Sarah. They were tremendously called by God, tremendously gifted by God. And God had such a great plan for their lives. But we see on a couple of occasions where despite God's instructions for their lives, they took control over their own destiny. There was one time when they were tra traveling together in a foreign nation that a king of that nation took a shine to Sarah and took her into his home to be one of his wives. And despite the fact that God had given Abraham instructions that she was his wife, when Abraham was questioned, what is she to you? Abraham said, she's my sister, rather than saying she was my wife. And he, he said that because he was afraid that if he was to tell the truth, that something bad would happen to him. So he took control of the situation. He'd done what he wanted to do in that situation to preserve, what, as he thought, his own life. Didn't end well. And there's the other time, and I'm sure you all know about it, when they took back control of their lives from God. That was when God promised them that they were going to have a son. Now this was despite... Abraham being in his, at this stage, his late 80s, and Sarah in her late 70s, they, God came and said, you know what, you're going to have a son, and your son is going to be the father of many nations. And his descendants are going to be as plentiful as the sand on the seashore. But when God didn't fulfill his promise in their allotted time, they took back control. You see, they thought that, okay, God has promised us this now, so, you know, God is going to come true tomorrow. Or next week. And when it didn't happen for a number of years, they decided, they, they decided in themselves that, you know what, either God has forgotten or, or when God told us to do this, that, you know what, maybe God meant us to do it this way. So they took back the control of this promise that God had given them back into their own power. And who knows, when you, God promises you something, when you take the, the mechanism of that promise back into your control, then you've taken God out of the picture. And that's what they did. They sidestepped away from God's promise. In Genesis chapter 16, it says in verse 1, it says, Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. So Sarah said to Abraham, See, now the Lord has restrained me. She, she believed that God had restrained her from bearing children. Please go into my maid, and perhaps I shall obtain children by her, or in Sarah's own words, basically what she was saying, I know God has promised his children, but he's not doing it in my timing, or maybe he's forgotten. I'm going to take back control of this situation, and I'm going to, I'm going to, to, to control this situation myself, and then I will have a child. Go ahead, Abraham, into my maidservant there. And Abraham heeded the voice of his wife. 
Then Sarai, verse 3, Abraham's wife took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife after Abraham had dwelt 10 years in the land of Canaan. So he went into Hagar and she conceived. And we look at this story today from our vantage point and we see the foolishness of that decision and the absolute world of trouble that that decision that Abraham and Sarah made caused both them and all of the tensions that all of that caused and we still see today the ramifications of that decision. To take control back away from God and to try and control a situation that God had given them a promise in themselves. They decided that God wasn't doing it in our time and so let's us control this situation instead. And we see what happened. What happened? You see, if you read on in, your, in, your, in, your, uh, in the book of Genesis, we see that, that Isaac, or that, that they went and had Isaac, their normal child, promised from God, but they also had another child by Hagar, the Egyptian servant, called Ishmael. And we know that today, we know in our history that uh, Isaac, he is, the, he is, and God did bless him and made a great nation of him. He is the father of the, the Jewish Christian people. But we also know that, uh, that uh, Ishmael is credited as being the father of the Palestinian people and the Muslim people. And we see that because they took back control themselves for a promise of God, when, when God wasn't carrying out that promise in their time, when we see that even today, several thousand years later, we still see what the decision that they had from taking that back out of God's hands has even in our worlds today. Church, we need to do things God's way. Amen? Not our own way. We need to trust God. We need to trust that God is in control and if God has given us a promise, He will make it come to pass if we have patience. How many people have patience here in church today? Not very many of us. Amen? We're not legendary fam famously for being, our, being patient people. We love to have it now. Now. We want it now. We want it yesterday. And we see what happened when Abraham and Sarah wanted it yesterday. They wanted it straight away, the promise of God. And when we take control of, of a promise of God and try to make the promise of God happen ourselves, then praise God, it's not going to work out the way God wants it to work out. Amen? And we will pay the price for that. Amen? We can't push God out of decision-making process in our lives. So how does this apply to me? Well, maybe you are a Christian single. You're trusting God for a husband or a wife. You know the promises of God. You know that, that God said you shouldn't be unequally yoked. And, and you're trusting God. You're believing God. You're believing God since you were 10 for a good, godly Christian wife or a good, godly Christian husband. But the clock is ticking. It's not happening. You're not even seeing anywhere where it may be happening. You're just, you're, you're starting to grow impatient. You're starting to think, you know what? God, have you forgotten me? Where is he or where is she? And you decide that, you know what? Um, does this really cute girl or this really good looking boy that's showing me some attention, you know, he's not a believer, but you know what? Maybe I'll give him a go because if I give him a go, maybe I'll preach the gospel to him. Maybe I'll get him saved. And maybe you will. But what you're doing is now you're wrestling back control of a situation that God said he'd take care of. 
and you're now saying that, you know what, God, I'll actually do this myself, and I'll ask you to bless it after I make them decisions. So I'll go and do what I think is right to do, despite the promises that you gave me, and Lord, when I make that decision, bless my decision. You're wrestling back control of something God said that you're not in control of. Amen? What about in the area of our tithes and our offerings? Mm-hmm. In our tithes and offerings, we know what the Word of God says about our tithes and offerings. He said, give, and we'll come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. We know that God says that He will bless us if we're givers. He said if we give, He said He'll open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing on us that we will not have room enough to receive. But we, a lot of times, we look at our circumstances. We look at our situations. We look at all the bills that we've come in. We look at all the things that we need to do, with things we need to pay. We, we look, we see we need to upgrade our phone. We need to buy a new car. We need to do something around the home. Uh, we need to go on a holiday. And we decide that, you know what, God? I tell you what. I see what you say. I understand what you say. But if you don't mind, I'll take control of my own finances. But you can bless me anyway. See, we're taking control of something that God never told us that we had control of in the first place. But we expect God to bless us even though we try to control it ourselves. What about in the area of salvation? I mean, there's so many people out there that think that they can order their own salvation today. I mean, they know what the Word of God says about salvation, that you have to trust in Jesus, believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But they think that, you know what, that doesn't line up with what I want to believe. I want to believe in Buddha. I want to believe in all of these other different things. And they think somewhere in their own self that they, they through Buddha or some other religion or some other way can gain access to heaven. So many people out there like that. But that's not God's way. Amen? And just because we think that, you know what, I'm spiritual, I'm holy, I'm, I'm a good person, I've never done anyone any harm, God couldn't refuse me entrance to heaven. But what we've done is we're, we're, we're taking back control of our own salvation ourselves and we're saying, I'll write the rules of my salvation. Just like we're saying, I'll write the rules of my future. I'll write the rules of my finances. And God, you can bless them. Amen? But we got to let God have his control. Amen? Not that we shouldn't make decisions. You know what? Do you want to buy an ice cream? Buy an ice cream. You don't have to pray about it. Amen? There's a lot of people out there who won't walk outside the front door without praying about something or, or, or who won't buy an ice cream or a bar of chocolate or without praying over it first. That's okay. That's fine. But God does expect us to make some decisions ourselves too. But in so many areas of our life that, that God has given us instruction on, Amen? He just expects us to do it then. Amen? And trust Him. What are we trying to control? What am I trying to control? Are we trying to control people? Is it your husband or your wife or your children or your finances or maybe even your salvation? What are you trying to control? I have three really quick questions today that I want to ask us that I believe that the answer, if we apply these answers to our lives, we'll start to see a great freedom come in the area of control in our lives. The first one is, is it really my concern? You know, a lot of things that we try to control are not our concern. They're not things that God wants us to concern us, ourselves about in the first place. So we've got to ask ourselves, when we're trying to make a decision or we're trying to gain control over something, we need to ask ourselves, is it my concern? Do you know the story of Mary and Martha? 
where Martha was trying to control something that really didn't matter that much? I mean, Jesus showed up at Mary and Martha's house, and, and, and Martha done what I think most women would do. She went into overdrive. It's like when you're sitting at home, and you're in your pajamas, and you're relaxing of an afternoon or an evening time, and you really, as far as you're concerned is, this is your day off, you're vegging out. And as you sit there, you see a car pulling into the drive, and you go into overdrive. Uh-huh. I mean, you have to straighten the cushions, clean the floor, make sure the new towel's in the bathroom. I mean, and, and, and worst case scenario, you say, hide. <laughs> this is what Martha did. When Jesus came, she was so preoccupied by looking after the house and fixing up the house and making the food and changing the towels in the bathroom and <clears throat> excuse me, that she missed the very reason that Jesus was there in the first place. And she was so preoccupied that she went to Jesus and said, Jesus, would you ever give that sister of mine an elbow and tell her to give me a hand? She was trying to control. In Luke chapter 11, it says in verse 38, it says, Now when, they, when, when he had entered a certain village, a certain, woman, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Are we worried and troubled about many things? Are we trying to control many things that we really shouldn't be trying to control? But one thing is needed, Jesus said, and Mary has chosen that good part, and it will not be taken away from her. Jesus said, Martha, chill out. You don't need to control Mary in this situation. You don't need to be dictating to her everything that goes on. You need to allow her to be ministered to. She has chosen the better part. Stop worrying about the cooking and the cleaning for a while. Stop trying to control everything. Church, I believe we need to stop trying to control everything that goes on in our week, everything that goes on in our jobs, everything that goes on in our families. Because in reality, the situation is, uh, in a few weeks from now, you won't even remember. I know people, I know people who have gotten up too late on a Sunday morning for them to have time enough to wash themselves and shave and, and comb their hair and do whatever else that they need to do, that they don't come to church because, you know what, I, 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 you know, I wouldn't have been ready in time. It's true. We need to get to a place where, you know what, even if I do get up at 5 to 11 or whatever, that we need to recognize and realize that, you know what, even if I come in there in my pajamas, I'm not coming in there for a fashion show. I'm coming in there to sit at God's feet, hear His Word. Amen? It's not about the makeup. It's not about whether you shaved or washed yourself. It's about not allowing other things to distract you from, from being ministered to. Amen? Because it won't matter in a week from now or a month from now. It's not a big deal. It doesn't have eternal ramifications. Our salvation doesn't balance on it. 
You know, one thing that's always gotten me at home, and the girls will tell you, is when they don't hang up towels. Or a tea towel or a towel. You know, they go to the shower and when they're finished in the shower, they leave the towels on the ground or in the bath or whatever. And I'm all the time going around hanging up towels. Hang them up on the, back on the shower or hang them up on the side of the bath or, or something, a tea towel, the same. I'm always doing it. And I came to a place recently where I decided, you know what? I'm after falling out with them so many times and giving out with them so many times that they don't hang up towels, I just said, I'm going to stop. It's actually not something that I can control. And do you know what? In a few years' time, they'll be married. They'll have their own homes. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to their homes and use their towels and I'm going to leave them on the ground when I'm finished with them. Vengeance is mine, say it me. But no, no, seriously, it doesn't matter. It's not a big thing. We need to let go sometimes of some things that we try to control. It's not a big thing. Amen? Second thing, you have to ask yourself, the second thing is, is it mine to control? And sometimes it is, yes, it is mine to control, and other times it's not mine to control. If it's something that's wrecking your marriage or, or wrecking your family, then maybe you do need to, 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 to try and control something. If you're uh, overspending, you're, you're spending too much money and you, you've, you're racking up debt, you do need to stand in there and you do need to take control of that. If it's something to do with your health, then yes, you do need to stand in there and take control of your health. But, but there's some things that we don't need to control. And some things are not even ours to control. Yeah. Amen. James chapter 4 verse 13 says, it says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you don't know what will happen tomorrow. You know, some things are not ours to control. Amen. Yeah. And I think sometimes we try too hard to control things that are not ours to control. And what we're actually doing in a lot of things is we're wrestling control out of God's hands. It's like we're in this tug of war constantly with God where, where God is trying to take control of some things in our lives but we're trying to pull them back out of God's hands because we think that we know better. Well, my Bible says that we should never try to order our own steps that God said He'd order our steps. Psalms 37, verse 23, says the steps of a good man, and I think we all would like to think that we're good men or women, even though we're not good always, but the steps of a good man or woman are ordered by, who has control of it? God. They're ordered by the Lord. And God delights in the way that He will set you. Too many times we try to set the course for our own life. We try to set the direction for our own life. And then when we get down the road for a couple of years, we're turning around looking back and God is nowhere to be seen. Because we've brought ourselves down that road. We've taken ourselves off in that road. God never said to go down that road. God said, I will lead you, I will guide you, I will direct you. But we, because we didn't want or didn't like the road or the way that God was leading us, we decided that, cheerio God, I'm going to go this way. And we realize after a while that we've gone so far away from God that we, we, we don't even know the way back again. God says He'll order our steps. Amen. We see what happened to Jonah when Jonah didn't like the direction that God was sending him in. Don't we seen that, didn't we? Didn't end well, did it? Well, it eventually did. But the only way it ended well is when he actually had to go back and 
retrace his steps and do what God told him to do in the first place. We have to ask ourselves, in this area that we're trying to control, is it ours to control? Or the third and final thing, or is it for God alone to control? Paul told the church at Philippi, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, he said, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. You know, most of the time, the things that we're anxious for are the things that we're trying to control. We're anxious about the things we're trying to control. We get all uptight about it. Get all annoyed about it when it's not done the way we want it done. The things that we try to control that are not always ours to control. We get anxious, we get annoyed, we get uptight about these things. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It says that we have to give all of our concerns to God, every last one of them. Everything that's annoying you, everything that's coming against you, everything that's hurting you, your direction, all of that, give it to God. Because even though you think you know better, God knows better. Amen. Even though you think you know the direction, the best way to go for your life, God knows better. I've done that so many times. And I know you men too have done the same thing. You're heading to a place that you don't know, you haven't been there before, but you think you know. I've never met a man yet that doesn't think he knows his way to a place he's never been to. Me included. I get you there. Don't worry about it. I've looked at the map. I know where it is. It's over there. 45 minutes later, you're actually twice the distance away from us than where you were in the first place. But will we ask anyone? No. Why? Because we know better. I've contradicted a satnav. A satnav has told me to go one way and I've said, you know what, I think I should go this way instead. I've done that. And I know some of you men there listening to me this morning have done it too, and maybe some of you women. For you think you know better. You know the quickest way. And you know the, the way the map. I've done it. The way the map is bringing us is the long way around. We go this way. But in my defense, I've been right sometimes. Amen. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God because He knows better. Amen. Are we trying to control our kids? Are we trying to control our wives, our husbands, our families? Are we trying to control people around us? quickest way to driving people out of your life is to try and control them. We need to give them to, our, to God. We need to give our finances to God. We need to give our singleness to God. You know, a short while ago, I realized, I realized only a few months ago that I can't control my family. I can't. I can't. I can't be with them 24-7. I can't watch over everything that they do, everything that they put into their bodies. I can't. I can't watch over everything that they do. I can't control what goes on in their bodies. And I realized that, you know what? By me trying to control everything that goes on in their life, I, I'm, I'm at a loss. Can't do it. And I realized that I've just got to give them to God. I've just got to say, you know what? You, we, you do your best, but at the end of the day, you've just got to say, Lord, I can't control everything with them. Can't be with them 24-7. I've got to give them to you, Lord. I can't control their health. Can't control anything that goes on in their bodies. We've got to give them to God 
and say, God, hey, listen, I can't do this. You need to do it. And God is only too willing to do it. Amen? We try and control something that we can't control. And that brings, brings us to a place where we're anxious, we're worried, we can't sleep, because we're trying to control stuff that we can't control. Verse 7 says, if we trust in God, it says that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Church, if we let go of this control that we have, it'll bring peace to our lives. If we let go of this control and the control that we're trying to have in every area of our lives, if we're single and we're trying to, trying to force a husband or a wife on, if we let go of that and just say, listen, God, you know what you're doing. You have someone for me. You've set them apart for, they were born for me. So I'm just going to let it happen the way it happens and just going to trust you, God. In our finances, if we do what God asks us to do in our finances, and we just say, hey, listen, God, I don't understand it. don't make sense to me. But you know what? I'm going to trust you anyway. With our families, if we just let go of our families, stop trying to control and manipulate our families. Just say, listen, God, I can't control them anyway. I'm losing sleep over them. I'm anxious about them. I'm worried about them. Because it's now on me. Because I'm trying to take control. It's now on my shoulders. It's on my back. I'm not that good. Neither are you. i got to give God control. God, you take control. Because I just can't control. I can't control my wife. God can. can't control my kids. God can. can't control any circumstance or situations around me. God can. I'm going to give back control to God in the areas that I've tried to take control out of His hands and surrender my control sacrifice it on the altar before God and let God have his way in my life and my family's life in the circumstances and the situations around me's life because I'm not that good and neither are you. Amen?